0: And it was a much-needed win, especially in a game where they were leading by 13 at some point. And then last night's game was a pure representation
1: of when you just don't have it. That's, why, that's what's wrong with the New York Knicks about this.
2: It. It's how the Knicks have been playing. Like I said, second in points, second in field goal percentage again. Three points. You got to question yourself. And, and this game showed every aspect of it. By ISO. We have the, we, the the bench scoring has has has
0: disappeared. Boy, Nickabaca Avenue. I'll be I'll be hosting around today. So Steve wants to you know he wants to lean back today. Um, he's a little tied up and you know I have him ducked into you know this computer chair right now.
3: It's the Nickabaca Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show.
0: Welcome everyone. Welcome everyone to a special edition of the Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the infamous one himself. I'm joined by Steve. How you doing, brother?
3: How you doing, Ab? What's going on, man? How you doing?
0: Uh, you know, um, you know, life life takes its toll on everybody. Uh, I, I will say this. So I want to start off on the start of summer mode. I know we have some, you know, some people on the callers, but real quick, um, you know. Uh, I want to express my condolences to, you know, to, to a loss that I've had in my family. Um, my uncle, Fonso, um, who sadly passed away yesterday. Um, he lost his battle to cancer. Um, mm. You know, my condolences to, to his wife, my aunt, and my cousins, um, and to, of course, my mom, who was, you know, that, that was her older brother. So, um, you know, I, 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 I find peace and solace knowing that, he you know, his suffering has ended. And that, you know, he's up in the heavens now, smiling down on us, uh, looking, at, looking at looking down on us, you know, you know with great pride. And, um, um te quiero mucho, te agradezco todo lo que tú me hiciste por mi, por mi vida, te say un buen ejemplo, un buen hombre, un buen tío hermano, um, and you will never be forgotten. God bless, and um, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, uh, shout out I'm to
3: not- your uncle, man. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that real quick. I saw uh, you post about it, and, you know, those are those sincere, um, you know, condolences I, I, I really feel, and I think most people can definitely feel. So, yeah, much, shout out to you and your family on that, man.
0: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, you know, we talk about my own personal loss, and, of course, the the Nicarbaka Nation, um, that on the same day, sadly speaking, um, you know, the 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 Nickelback nation lost you know a key member of the you know of the family um the captain Willis Reed you know the you know, charter member of the, of the 1970 and 73 NBA championship winning New York Knicks hall of famer former player and coach um an elder statesman a, a key figure in in, in Knicks history um you know who will ever forget the 1970 um game 7 when he walked down the, tu- the out of the tunnel and pretty much won the game before it started for us um you know Willis he will be missed he was you know um and but unfortunately I'm not very much qualified to and and, and Steve I know that you're also you also feel the same way. we're not really qualified to really talk about Willis the same way as if we, you know, as if it were Patrick or you know, or you know, or you know Anthony Mason when he passed away some years back. So, um, but if you want to share something real quick about him, and then we'll just throw it off to you know to, to the experts who actually um, you know followed Willis's career throughout the years. Yeah, exactly. I, I that's
3: the exact sentiment about it. Uh, we got Don Willis. I believe Bishop is Willis as well as of right now, we'll bring them on after I speak. You know, I'll be real quick. Uh, I only know of the history because of what it was passed down from, you know, my father, you know, as far as those Knicks years and uh, studying them and researching uh, the Knicks teams that who are the only ones who, that, that – they're the reason why we only have those two franchises or the two championships in the franchise history. I haven't ever seen a Knicks championship in my life. The, the two banners that hang in the garden is from – the Willis Reed era. Uh, we know all about the stories, but I never lived through that. So like you said, Ab, I'm not qualified to speak on it, but Dominic is, and we'll bring on Bishop. So I'm. this is one of those episodes, Av, like when I come on the Blee Blue Show have, after all these years, I don't really have much to say. I'm going to sit back and listen and probably be educated because i rather defer, me personally, I would rather defer to... Fans who actually lived through that era, who actually, you know, it's one thing to research the, the highlights and see the the, 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 the you know the, the biographies and all that, but you have to live through an era to um, to really grasp how things were. You know what I'm saying? So we, so whenever the day Patrick Ewing goes on or the day Derek Jeter goes on, then 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 you could probably could come to somebody like myself or Nigga Baga ad. But I've never seen Willis Reed play. You know, I only could go off what I saw on highlights and it's not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I knew Willis Reed in and out because I never lived through that era. That's just common sense. Dominic, what's up man? How you Absolutely. doing? We'll bring you on, and then we we'll going to we'll bring on Bishop. How you doing, sir?
2: Because I'm sit Good evening, and and gentlemen. gentlemen. Stop rest, rest in peace to your uncle. How y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, Stevens?
3: Oh, What's doing good, boy. How you it. doing, man? Yeah,
2: rest in peace to your uncle, eh? Uh, but let's hey, yeah. you know, I've suffered, I've suffered enough losses, guys. So you know, I know the feeling.
3: Yeah, I hear that, bro. All uh, right, cool, because I want to definitely get your perspective, Dom, because uh, you live through that area. We need to be educated. This is the one of those teaching moments. I mean, you teach every time you come on the show, but from a historical perspective, that's what, you know, We, a guy like myself and Av and, and everybody else, uh, younger generational fans, you've got to learn this stuff, where it comes from. Bishop, what's up, man? How you doing, man? All right. Oh, let me see there. Who's this? Is
1: this G? Who's this? Just y'all know, there's G on the line. G on Okay. The line.
3: Shout up Sorry. So, that's my bad. G, what up, man? How
1: you doing, boss? It's good, y'all. And my condolences to you to uh, you and the family. Uh...
0: Appreciate
3: it, man. Thank you. All right. Ab, yeah, you can take the reins back, and however you want to go with this conversation, I'm going to sit back and listen, and however how you want to run this, and feel free to... Uh, well,
0: you know, however you want to go. Well, let's touch, let's touch a little bit on the captain. So I'm going to defer right now to Dom. Dom, you lived, you know, you were around when Willis played, when, when he coached the team for a little spell, you know, when Willis Reed had his impact on, you know, on the sport and on the franchise. Tell us what you're feeling and, and, and you know, and give us, you know, give us us youngins you know, a little bit of a history lesson on this, the significance of who Willis Reed is, was, and forever be remembered.
2: Let, let, let's talk. And first of all, Steve, this is the reason I do that on this day in sport, to try to give people a, a throwback moment, a teachable moment, however you want to look at it. But let's, let's go all the way back, grambling state. Um, the irony of that is, not that many players were coming out of HBCUs back then. I think Sam Jones. Uh, after that, I think Cly- I mean I fired up. Earl went to Winston Salem, but it started there, and then it started as the first piece. Let Let's not forget Willis Reed went from Grambling State to the first player ever to win All Star Game MVP regular season MVP, and finals MVP. First person ever to do that. And only two people have done it after him, Jordan and Shaq. So he's in, like, rare air uh, outside of us Knicks fans. He lives in every rare air to have a career that, honestly, guys due to injuries, and that's the big thing about this, due to injury thing, because when you look at that team, the Knicks that. With Willis Reed as the anchor, the first stepping stone to that, that, that dynasty that should have been a dynasty, we had six players, guys, to include Willis Reed, who played on that 73 championship that are in the whole thing. Only one other team has done that. Ironically, it's the only other team that is an original franchise still left in the National Basketball Association, the Boston Celtics. That's some crazy stuff, guys. When you look at Willis, numbers not outstanding. He had good numbers, don't get me wrong. As a guy that played small against big dudes, they were very good numbers. But to achieve what he did, you know what, guys, when you go to that, let's say the 70 championship, we already had the Mets that won the World Series, the Jets that won the Super Bowl, and here come the Knicks. You know, nobody ever imagined the Knicks being in that company with their mother, too, just like nobody thought the Nets—I mean, the Mets would do it. But even with everything said, you you got to give big props to Red Holtzman because Red Holtzman knew how to use Willis Reed. He knew how to use every piece that was around Willis Reed. So this isn't just a Willis Reed uh, teachable moment. He was the beginning of the rest of the teachable moment because here comes the Bushes, here comes Bradley, here comes Clyde, and all of a sudden that miraculous trade to get Pearl. You know, this was one hell of a team that he basically anchored because he was, people, the captain. I'll be honest, guys, being my history, I can't tell you who was the captain after Willis Reed. You know, this ain't like the Yankees where I can go back and say there was a big gap between Thurman and, I think, Jeter. I can't even tell you guys who was the captain after Willis Reed or who were Nick captains other than Willis Reed. So it's it's sad because he's the second piece. For y'all that remember, quite some time ago, Dave the Bush had passed away. Now, is Willis Reed – and, well, you know, everybody's seen Dean Meminger lately. He looks kind of up there in age. you know, Monroe, Clyde, they're getting up there. So these are, them, these are them moments, guys. You look back at not only that individual, but what that individual did for our team. And to me, guys, and I'm not going to get one, the sadness of this death is to look at, like I said, the team. The fan base back then, and you fast forward 50 years later to this semi-fiasco we see with Knicks fans going at each other on social media, where, you know, again, guys, back then, I was a little kid. Please don't make it out to me being like 100 years old. I was a little kid. I do remember, though. But we was a fan base then, guys. I mean, you guys remember, we was listening to this on the radio, watching tape delays. We was a fan base. You had to be a serious fan to turn that radio on and listen to Marv Albert. That's how that shit was back then. Somewhere along the line, guys, and I always say this with the gift and the curse of social media, somewhere along that line, guys, it got kind of lost. And only me as an old-timer would think, I would hope that this will bring some of the fan base back together. You know, y'all remember the days. Y'all remember these days. Tough team, tough town. You know, everybody was in it together. So let's hope we get back to that in memory of Willis Reed. Hopefully the Knicks go out and put on a good show tonight in memory of Willis Reed. And the really sad part about it, a day after Willis Reed died marks, I think, two or three years that the NBA lost another legend in Elgin Baylor. And these guys played against each other. So for people that, you know, love this game, it's, it don't hurt to do a little history, you know, to study it. Whether you were there or not. You know, you guys are very knowledgeable. Y'all study our mix, y'all study sports. Steve studies every sport. So that's what we need and we need to keep that going. Because sometimes guys, the littlest moment could be a teachable moment. And now you know at times I gotta take my army hat off and just keep it to sports, but it's, it's nothing wrong with there's Nothing wrong guys with learning. You know, there is nothing wrong because we have a very good history with the New York Knicks. Though we only have two championships? That team gentlemen should have won at least four rings. And that's not me as a fan saying it. that I'm talking talent for talent, player for player. That team should have won at least four rings. Due to injuries, attrition, you know, they walked away with two, but they could have had more. So let's just remember, you know, the great great things that Willis Reed had did. And you know what? Willis Reed, here's another teachable moment, is part of the reason the white Mamba, as they call him, Brian Scalabrini, is in the NBA today. Remember, the New Jersey Mets drafted Brian Scalabrini, when Willis Reed was their GM,
0: what moment that is! <laughs> hmm. I did not. I for, no, you know what? I forgot that he was a GM for for for, for the Nets for a while.
2: Remember him and Rod Thorne were running stuff for the Nets. Steve, Rod Thorne. yes, Thorn yes. Was, was like um, under, Yeah, he was under Willis Reed. He convinced Willis Reed to draft this guy. You know. He was a good glue player, you know, you're not gonna be a star. He'll be a good, you know, piece on the bench. And he ended up having an eleven year career, guys. I mean, laugh if you want it as a scout I've become friends with him, but you know, it's it's because of Willis Reed that he got his shot in the NBA. Ironic as that is. People forget, you know, Willis also coached. He didn't he wasn't the GM Also, but he was the GM for the for the Nets. So, hey, God God bless him. God rest his soul. But he, he lived a good life, guys. You know, we could sit here and give him all that. And you know what I hear? I love about the guy. But I heard he was such a regular dude. You know, there was times the Knicks would, you know, after a game, him and some of the players that lived in Jersey, a lot of the Knicks lived in Jersey at the time, they would ride the subway together, sit on the subway with fans, shoot the breeze. You know, just go home like that, you know, mingle with regular people. You don't see that no more, guys. You'll see the little dapping up and a little high five to a fan, but these guys got on the subway, you know, rode the, rode the train with their fans. That's where this fandom came from. It came from those teams, guys. If you do the history, you know, when the Garden was rocking, that's when the Garden first started rocking. I don't think no fan base, no arena ever heard the thunder like they heard when Willis Reed came out that, that runway. That shit to this day, guys, I don't think has ever been topped. One guy walking out of one runway and a whole city erupted. Not just in the garden, the whole city erupting with Willis Reed coming out That You got to think about that, guys. Even if y'all weren't there, y'all seen that clip a million times. Willis Reed hobbling out the damn runway, hobbling onto the court, hitting his first two shots. Didn't score another basket after that. Clyde ended up getting 36 points, 18 rebounds, 18 assists. You know, damn near triple-double. Probably had 100 steals, but they weren't keeping steals back then. blocking up Jerry West. <laughs> I mean, that, that one game, guys, defined the Knicks franchise and the Knicks fan base forever. Forever in a day, that one game, game seven, Madison Square Garden, 1970, Willis Reed. <laughs> Do the research, fellas. There wasn't that big of a drive for the Knicks until maybe 68, 69. And that one incident, okay. Willis Reed coming out that blocking room, just drove people crazy. Here comes this Knicks fan base that we've been with for over 50 years, some of us. And you know what? It's, it's been a great ride. I got ups, down, loyalty, disloyalty, player here, player there. But it's all started, fellas. I'm going to end it with Willis Reed, Willis Reed, Red Holston. That's the foundation of the New York Knickerbockers.
0: Follow up question for you, Dom. Um, you, you, just to put it into, in, in, into, into retrospect, during that time frame, you had you mentioned a couple of those guys. Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, there was Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. When when people, you know, think back of the greatest players, you know, of, of, of all time, yeah, those guys were, you know, were beyond, um, you know, beyond their own name. Like their name became synonymous with greatness and, 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 super, and superiority. But correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Willis Reed like the thorn in all of their sides?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. Because remember, guys, in, in 1970 and 73, the Lakers had, to me, folks, because I'm a basketball historian, to me, had probably the best team in basketball, both times. They had the best guard, and they probably had the best power forward in NBA history that still goes under the radar. Nobody had an Elgin Baylor. Back then. There's a million Elgin Bellers now with the high fly and the offensive dominance. There's a million Elgin Baylor's now. There was no Elgin Baylor's back then. None. Do the research on Elgin Baylor. Wilt Chamberlain. Never mind the – remember, guys, this was during the time the Celtics had a dynasty. And the Knicks were the only ones that could basically go toe-to-toe with them. You remember the Knicks? The Knicks had to get through Boston – and Milwaukee to get to the finals. Milwaukee with a guy named Lou Alcindor, another guy I named Oscar Robinson. Then you face on the Lakers with that crew. Hey, man for man, guys. And, and in 1970, I know the Lakers had a better team than us. I know they did. First of all, they had a better backcourt than us. They had a power forward that nobody in the NBA could match up with, not just the Knicks had the most dominant big man, Wilt Chamberlain. Here come, these, <laughs> here come these little scrappy nicks. Here's, Re- here's Red Holtzman. Red Holstman had the plan. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to move the ball. When you're open, take the shot. Period. Walt, well, you're going to lock down Jerry West. Reed, you're going to bully Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know what the hell we're going to do with Elgin Baylor. David Bush, if you're on an island by yourself. But with all of that, they still dominated them twice. Remember the Knicks who championships were against who? The Lakers? Remember? They beat the Lakers twice. So, guys, I'm telling you, if you like, just do a little research. Check, that, check those teams the Lakers had when the Knicks beat them. They, they were dominant, guys. They were straight up dominant. I think they're still to this day hold the record for most consecutive wins in a season. Yeah. It was, what, 64? Some crazy shit. I got to look it up. The Lakers hold the record for the most wins with that team. They had a hell of a team, guys. He know Jerry West in the back, but we couldn't match up the Patton, so we got her on the Then it made it kind of even. But, yeah, there was a dominant team, guys. But, again, here come these scrappy names. They say Willis Reed was 6'10". Guarded Wilt at 7'1". Seven, seven. He was about 6'9". Willis Reed was really a power forward. <laughs> player center in the NBA. Every center in the league was bigger than him. Again, do some research. Bill Russell, Wilt, Kareem, Lou Alcindor. All of them, they were all bigger than him. Elvin Hayes, Wes Unseld, they were all bigger than Willis Reed. But for some reason, he brought them down to his level. And he had to check them all, guys. All the centers, Willis Reed had to check, just like Walt Frazier had to check all the high-scoring guards, whether they were point guard or shooting guard. Walt Frazier was in that act. So yeah, it was a, ooh, guys. If we, I mean, there's a billion video clips of this, you know. And I still, to this day, guys, I know, God rest Willis Reed. So I still think, me personally, because I've seen it all, still think Walt Frazier is the greatest Nick ever. It's just me. Maybe I'm stuck. I'm stuck on my sword, but I just can't forget what he did in that game seven. Unbelievable what he did in that game seven. So yeah, it's, it was a it was a it was a crazy time, man. And here we are today. This is why we got guys like you, Steve. You know, it's y'all. Y'all are keeping this history going with your family. Now, hopefully, one day we can capture another for you, young guys, and. You'll have something to tell your grandkids.
0: Well, uh, I hope that one day that I'll have the opportunity to pass on this great knowledge, just like you're passing it on to me, and we're going to pass it on to the next generation. But, G, um, if you want to add a little bit about about Willis Reed, and then we can start talking about our next.
1: No, I'll just say what everybody else said. All right. Yeah, y'all more – NBA fans than I am because yeah y'all been fans longer than I have. Um, I grew up in a household where it was just straight up baseball. <laughs> you know I me? Mean? Like my pops play baseball, my grandfather, my my uncle, my brother—they all play organized ball. I, and that's all we knew in my household. I started watching ball and football and everything else, like around junior high or whatever so what i all i would say is you know rest in peace to one of the greats one of the nick greats and you know much love to his family or whatever all right all right I, or i can only go back you know as like like steve said i can only go back on time as far as like you know go on youtube or whatever and check the the highlights but ain't nothing like seeing it in person
0: Absolutely, uh, and you know, what would it have been, Steve, you and me, G, and, and Dom, back in that day, to of, um, you know, to have lived that, to actually have been in the garden for that day. But that's neither here nor there. So with well, that being said, well, real, real, real quick, real quick,
3: I mean, is the dynamic the dynamic is different? Like Dom said, like uh, who knows? Like at that time. Uh, you had a you pre- pretty much had a radio and tape delay so you didn't have social media you didn't have yeah. the blue show or <laughs> wasn't a, it would have even been around at that time you know you had your, your your regular networks and your radio that was pre and your newspaper so and then right you, whoever you chopped it up with in your in the neighborhood and or around the city i mean that is the extent of you know how things were right don i mean you you know the social media brings people together for good and for bad. But back then, that was an element that wasn't had. And the Knicks were the it team, based on how I heard from the old school fans like yourself and older generations of, in the family of mine, and De- Nickelbacker-Ass, same thing, right, Don? And then we go back to Ass. Well,
2: the other irony about it, Steve, uh, gee, this, this was a shitty time in New York City history, too. You know, Times Square wasn't laced with ESPN zone and all of this fancy stuff. Walt Disney, you know, Times Square was y'all know the y'all know the history behind that. And we were only a few years before my borough, the Bronx was burning. So these were bad times in New York City when the Knicks were doing it. That's what made it so much I don't even say better, guys, but it it gave the city hope. This is this is the key to them from sixty eight to seventy four. It gave New York City hope, because it wasn't the New York City you guys are growing up in. No, I know you all know that, <laughs> whether you researched it or not. We, it wasn't that Midtown Manhattan, fellas. Mm-mm. No, not at all. So it was an extra added pride in our pocket when the Knicks did that. And remember, again, guys, we're talking Mets, Jets, Knicks. In the city at that time, man, that's all we had to hold on to. And believe it or not, I had told Steve this before. I grew up like, gee, I was more of a baseball guy than I ever was an NBA guy. I still am to this day. But because of my love of sports and our city, that's how it all began. And I'm telling you, guys like Av, who loves research, research what New York City was like during that run. Hmm. Ooh. You talking about a shot in the arm? That's what it was. It was it was beautiful for the city because the city was falling apart, guys, falling apart.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure that you know that, that anybody who you know who's watching any of the old documentaries like the garden of Eden or the Bronx was burning or things of that sort, they would know a little bit. And of course, you, you know, just talking to your old head, but you know. You know, shout out to you know to, to the guys and, and shout out to the captain. God rest his soul. But let's t- let's talk about our New York Knicks. You, you know, the, the current the current version of the New York Knicks, who are still very much alive. In, you know, in the playoff races since we last spoke, the Knicks um, came home um, over the weekend to take take down the you know the Western Conference leading Denver Nuggets. In, in a very hard-fought game, um, you, you know, and, and, and I think that you know it was a good signature statement win for the Knicks. Only to follow it up, you know, the you know uh, you know uh, a couple days ago on Monday, where you know they fell to you know the Minnesota Timberwolves, a very short-handed but desperate and scrappy Minnesota Timberwolves when they beat them one hundred forty to one thirty-four, despite fifty-seven points from Julius Randle. Now. um... You know, I always chalk these up to these, you know, situations like we can't win them all. But, Steve, you know, to you know, to have a huge statement victory, a 116-110 victory over the Denver Nuggets uh, over the weekend, to then come home and play the the, the Timberwolves and fall, you, you know, fall, and especially in the manner that they fell, you know, they basically fell, you know, in the closing, what, the last two or three minutes. What are your thoughts uh, you know of the win and the and the loss, and then of course you know the preview to tonight where the, the take where they're in Miami taking out the Heat.
3: All right, so I will work backwards. Um, big game versus the Heat. I'm glad we're actually discussing it before the game. I could pretty much tell this game is probably going to go well past 10 o'clock, or by the time the game is over, regulation. Had we been on norm, on our normal post game, it would have been lit way past ten. I would have been extra extra tired. But to answer uh, your question, I was more disappointed in the loss versus the Timberwolves than the win versus the Nuggets, and here's why: um, the Knicks should not be playing this up and down, free free flowing offensive game. In my opinion, they are necess- they're not necessarily built to win like, for instance. We've seen games like that earlier in the year, trying to just outscore the opponent, and it just does not work. It, the, the game that comes to mind is the OKC game. When you have 48 in the first quarter, you, but you end up losing 145 to 135 to a team that's not even going to make the play-in, all right? And M- Minnesota isn't actually in a play-in situation. They've actually played pretty well this season. But a game without Anthony Edwards, a game without Carl Anthony Towns, on at home, whether you believe in the home court or not, I mean maybe that's an adage that's kinda not doesn't have the same sting like it once had twenty years ago, home court advantage. I don't I don't think they buy into that. I think these guys are you know, that's a story for another day. The point is you gotta win that game at home. Without the opposing team play ins top two players, I, I it was really disgusting to watch. Just watch Minnesota throw up anything and and not play defense. The Knicks are at their best when they are keeping teams around 102, 103 points, it, 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 like the, Cleveland, the, the two Cleveland uh, home games, uh, the Brooklyn game, the Celtic game, the second Celtic game. The Knicks are at their best when they do not upbeat the pace of the game. They outplay themselves. Now, yeah, Julius Randle had a career night, but to me it's really about the Knicks it, it, call for what it is. Their their defense or whatever it is that they're currently constructed in, they have the, the uh, they had the roster to keep teams under 105 and that's pretty good in today's NBA where the pace is crazy. Um, uh, yeah, the good win over the Denver Nuggets. I said that last week. I thought the Denver Nuggets were a beatable team. Good team, you know, Western Conference, you know, first place. Um, you know, you heard my rants about development because <laughs> how can you not not notice Nikola Jokic who was a second-round draft pick and is a two-time MVP, possibly a third. And we're all talking about how Mitchell Robinson can't develop an office again where you're literally seeing a second-round draft pick become a two-time MVP. Yes, you could be developed, absolutely. But point that's, that's the point on the Denver game. But the game versus Minnesota, F, um, they got to slow down the pace. And they will versus Miami. That Miami doesn't have that same kind of pace like Minnesota. But they can't be just trying to outgun teams, and they got to they got to do better on the closeout and in the interior defense. I was really disappointed in that Minnesota game because if, if Edwards and Towns play, I would have said, All right, you know what, whatever. But without their top two guns, you got to beat them, man. I don't care, <laughs> you, you have to beat them. I mean, I don't. They've been rolling, and I don't want to give them passes, but that, there's just something you just got to like. Come on, man, this is a weakened uh, Minnesota team. Good, talented, they 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 played hard under Chris Finch, but no, nah, I, 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 I was disappointed after that. I'll be honest with
0: you. Yeah, it it seems to be that you, you know we have a tendency to you know to fall to the to, to have like one of the most disappointing losses to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it happened a couple of years ago or even last year, where the the worst losses of the season were to the freaking Timberwolves, and. It, it's even it's even mind numbing to think that it's it's without uh, Car Anthony Towns it's, it's without Anthony Edwards it's, it's you know when I saw the injury report prior to the game I was like oh this should be a you know a layup and for us to lose by six you know and giving up 140 points it's kind of like wow but Dom what do you think um, victory over the weekend versus you know versus the Nuggets to then fall to the Timberwolves. And then, and then of course, tonight, I, I, I believe you're in Florida now, aren't you?
2: No, I just got home. Matter of fact, I'll tell you the story. I got home. I got off the plane. I was supposed to come home tomorrow. Something happened. I flew home early. But the day the Knicks beat Denver, I'm watching it on TV, listening. I went to the U.S. US versus Venezuela game. <laughs> so, I got like two shocks in one day. The game against Minnesota, I'm at the airport. The Knicks are up. By the time I get home, there's 10 seconds left. I think the Knicks were down by four or six. And I'm looking at the box score. Where do, where's Carl Anthony Towns? Where, I mean, I knew Towns. Everybody's ain't playing. Oh, shit, Julius Randle got 57 points. Then I looked at the actual score. he fuckers got almost 140 points. How does that happen for a shorthanded team? And, again, guys, though we're doing great on offense, far be it for people to believe that, we're still a great defensive team. So to, to, to lose like that at home after coming off of I don't want to say one of your better wins, but you beat the best team. You might have had a better win against Cleveland, Boston, but you beat the best team in the Western Conference. And then to lay an egg like that two days later? Wow. Yeah. You, you. <laughs> thank God the sea below us, Brooklyn, Miami. I think we're still two games up, two and a half games up on Brooklyn for the fifth seed. But we, we to not drag it out, guys, we can't lose games like that. We can't. Not if we want to be taken serious. Again, your best player scores fifty seven points and y'all give up hundred and forty. To a shorthand, the team, and guess what? The one guy that was playing, Rudy Gobert, he ain't known for his damn offense, guys. It ain't like, you know, oh, my God, these two guys are missing. Gobert might put up 40. No. <laughs> no. We just laid a serious egg. And you can't do that tonight, guys. Getting into that, we got to come out strong. We do play very well on the road. I think got the second most road win. We, we got to start making statements down the stretch. You know, for those people still stuck on the minutes, police and all of this bullshit, we got to start making statements down the stretch of the season. Like, hey, we're here and we're ready to go. And tonight is another big test, guys. Tonight, and don't forget, guys, we go from Miami to Orlando tomorrow. And Orlando got a good young team, fellas. I don't know if y'all been watching they got a pretty good young team, so the Knicks can't be taking naps on this little road trip or they'll get embarrassed. And maybe we'll be fighting for the sixth seed, but let's keep our heads up, guys. Let's hope that was a, a one-time egg and we bounce back tonight.
0: All right, all right. G, your thoughts. From the Denver win to the Minnesota fall. Your
1: thoughts. Man, uh I'm agreeing with, with both the fellas here because the, the Denver win, was it was beautiful. It's like you beat the, the best team in the West. You you, you look in your chops, so you're like, yeah, we're getting ready for Minnesota. And I'm one of the guys that always say, listen, don't go in there and, and think somebody's going to give it to you, especially the Knicks. Who doesn't want to come and beat the Knicks? Everybody comes to the, to the garden and want to show out. You, you just got to know that. You, you got to go out there and you got to play every game like it, it's the best team in the East or the West. And, and, and I know you ain't, they didn't bring that type of game when you're giving up 140 points to a team that's shorthanded. So I love the 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 Denver game, but I, I was definitely upset. Um, Steve, no, because we, um, we spoke about it not too, not too much, but I let him know, like, man, this shit had me pissed off. I was mad at the Sacramento game that uh, I had mentioned the, the last show, right? Yeah. what? Yeah. 53s attempted, um, 13, 13 of them made. You had 24 offensive rebounds or of 23, one of them, and you only made 17 points off of that. I, I was upset with that, and that's a way better team than, than um, the Timberwolves. So, so yeah, they, they had me pissed off, man. You're giving up 140 points to this guy. To these guys, and it could happen any given night, but it, at this time of the season, you gotta gotta put your foot on their throats, man. That's what yeah, I'm That's about
0: actually that. the, uh, the, uh, that's actually something that I'm w- seen that I want you know that, that I think that you know G just echoed it correctly. This is a time we should be putting, you know, putting our, you know, like our foot on the throat. And it looks like that you know the Knicks will have, you know, they'll get up for games. They'll get up for you know, you know, for you know, the big quality opponents. They'll get up for you know a Los Angeles or a, or or a Sacramento or you know whoever. But when it comes to a young scrappy team like the Minnesota Timberwolves that like to get up and down, which you just mentioned. They can't do that. They can't be, you know, be running the floor backwards and forwards, thinking that you know that they could keep up with these young teams. That's not their style. That's never been their, their motif. But then they end up falling into the, you know, into these kind of shifts, or you know, and, and they fall into these kind of traps. So would you consider the, you know, the Minnesota kind of like a trap game, in, in the scheme of things?
3: It's possible. That's a good. Point. That's a good way to look at it. If you could look at it like a, as a trap game, that is somewhat um, a good observation. Um, let's also go back to that Minnesota game where Torian Prince cannot miss. Like, he, remember the hashtag we used to have uh, all going fun, the uh, Knicks, hashtag Nicks Inflate. He he was the textbook definition of hashtag Nicks Inflate um, the other night because he would not miss. Everything he threw up went in the went in. Um, I think he was like eight for eight. He he made his first eight three pointers or something crazy like that. That's not that's not Torian Prince on a regular basis. He's not Larry Bird. He's not uh, Kyle Korver. Steve Kerr. You know, Torian Prince is a nice athletic wing, but he's not eight for eight every night. You know, that was an anomaly. You know what I'm saying? I thought Kyle Anderson has did some good things for the Timberwolves as far as. Uh, basketball plays in that game. And then if you add in um what's his name? McDaniels, a guy, a good defensive wing and um Reed. Reed had a the guy from New Jersey, uh from Asbury Park. Uh Nas Reed had a good game as well. I thought he had some he had some good numbers off the bench. Um they're a more of an up and down athletic team. They're definitely big on pace with the Miami Heat are not that. You know, Miami Heat is more you know they could put on a pace a little here and there, but they're definitely more of a half court team that's closer to the Knicks' pace. And listen, I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I, I definitely would like to get Dom's thoughts and G's thoughts on this as well. The, the Heat probably want to think they owe the Knicks because the Knicks had their number this year. They won all three contests this year, right? They won the one at the guard. they won the first one off of a Tyler Hero miss, right? You know when he missed at the buzzer. And then that big three in the corner by uh, Julius Randle before they went to Boston. I think the Heat are kind of wanting to win this game. Um, That's just my thoughts. Because as Dom knows, Dom has the the, uh, suite at Miami-Dade Arena. Shout out to (laughs) Dom. He has the suite when he goes there to watch games. Um, That place was the loudest I've ever heard of Niggas. Now, I didn't go to the game. But I've gone to Knicks role games. I've but but hearing it on TV, that's the loudest I've ever heard. I think in recent memory, Knicks fans on an opposing team's in, in, in an opposing team's building, and I think my the Miami Heat are not going to forget that. We all know that Pat Riley is not going to let Spolstra remember. You know they, that 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 organization is well, they're real close. So Pat Riley's pa- passing that information down to Spolstra. or Alonzo Moore is passing that down to Spolstra – we want – they they're going to look at that as the, the Heat's going to want that game more than the Knicks one because he actually have a little bit more to play for to get out of that playing position. You know what I'm saying? So, I think I, – I would not be surprised if the Heat won. I would not be surprised because the Knicks kind of had their number this year, and I think they want to get one back.
0: That's definitely um, one way to look at it because considering, you know, the bad blood, the, the history that these, that these two teams hold – um with each other, um, it would, I would think, I'm pretty sure Heat fans, like a real Heat fan has been, you know, has been salivating at the idea of getting, you know, getting one back on the Knicks. But, Dom, you were there. Tell us about it, and what do you think?
2: This, again, like, like, like G was saying, you, you can't let up. They're, they're a, they're a sub-500 team, guys. I mean, no, they're, they're five games above, I'm excuse you. But they're fighting for the 60. They're fighting to get out the playing. I understand it's, they're fighting for something. But we're better than them, guys. We've proved it every game we played them this year. We are a better team than them. So back to the old analogy, beat the teams you're supposed to beat. They're one of them. I don't care what we think of them. The Miami Heat, the, the culture, the Pat Riley, we are better than them. so We need to beat them. I don't give a shit if we were playing in Baghdad. We need to beat the teams we're better than. Tonight, tomorrow night, this is the time, like y'all said, keep the pedal to the metal. Keep the foot on the throat. No more let-ups. We had our let-up against Minnesota. Going there tonight, ball out. Get back to playing that defense you were playing. Mitchell Robinson, I forgot. You know, Steve Steve pissed me off when he brought him up. You know, during this great season the Knicks are having, it takes Mitchell Robinson to come out with some bizarreness and in Instagram or whatever he posts. You know, he don't like the way he being Man, learn how to play offense. Then you can go on any social media platform and say something. Until then, That's shut up. That's crazy, yeah. right? Doc, you got yeah. you double yeah. double Okay, I like my point, this, Steve. Yeah, A year like this, Steve, that we're having one of our better years, and here's this guy again. It's always him with his mouth. But you have not improved, as Steve would say, done. <laughs> it's 500 years. Steve just brought up a second-round draft pick, developed an inside game, outside game, rebounding, passes like Larry Bird. And here you are, still relegated to our A
3: second-round draft pick.
2: Yeah, not one move. You haven't developed one move in all this time. And you're the only one going on social media saying what you should be getting.
3: The nerve really? that guy. Yeah.
2: The nerve. Yeah. You're lucky you got $15 million a year. Stop. But I'll digress. They have to win this game tonight, guys. They have to. Point blank. End the conversation. Go in there. Put your foot on their throat. Keep it there. And let's walk out of there with a the win. And, and mosey our ass down in to Orlando tomorrow or tonight. Yeah, we can't let up these two games, though. No. No. Hey,
0: G, do you feel
1: what Dom just said? Is, this, is tonight a must win for you? Well, You know what? I, I feel like, in a way, I, I can't say a must win, but they should win. In um, <clears throat> a and, and way, you could possibly say a must win because – like he was saying about the Timberwolves, yeah, they're fighting for something. But aren't we fighting for something too. Then you don't you want that fourth spot or a chance to get to that fourth spot? Or or you complacent where you were. You know, you gotta you gotta show that. And and um Steve mentioned it earlier. We we kinda got their numbers right now. It's it's two more games left. Well, one more game after tonight. Um, I think We got a few games, and then we'll see them again. But uh, just take the series, man. Win three out of the four. And it'll be beautiful. Uh, For some reason, I I feel like it'll be tonight, because we play better away than we do at home for some reason. Of course, I would love to uh, to have it at home, but I I could see it happening. I could could see them. uh, they, They... get back into their, to their ways of winning, or the way they're supposed to be winning, they could, they could definitely win tonight. You already, already beat them twice. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
3: Um, what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, boss. What, what, what are your thoughts um, on that, on my, I, my opinion on it? Because I, I, how can you not notice that on Saturday? When you have two second-round draft picks starting at center, look where they came from. They basically, you know, long roads to the league, one through, you know, college ineligibility, one from overseas. And look at where do you act. Like like how can you not be like how did not Nick Fans just give it a pass? And, to, and this is where it gets angry because like Don said, going on social media complaining how you haven't even developed. Like, I, I would love to go back and read what Nick Finns had to say, like where's your development? Like that's probably why
0: you're on the bench. Uh um you, you see, this is um, that situation is very simple for me. I want that. I want that prima donna gone. I, I actually want – um, I feel like I've heard enough um, non basketball related situations with this player, and and with this situation, I I, I I'm I'm kind of done with it. And the fact that he kind of showed his face on social media, and 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 like and, and you know, look, you know, criticize the team for you know his ineligible, you know, for his offense. Now, I believe that we've been on this platform numerous times talking about when is he going to develop an offense? When is he going to develop a Scott, like a baby hook? You know a two or three foot jumper um anything other than a dunk or a putback, anything outside of five feet can you do any of those things? Have you shown that you have the footwork or any or or, or, or any at, ineptitude to you know to do so? No, I'm sorry so if you're gonna become a problem towards the development of this team into hopefully you know one day. Re, you know, building a championship-quality team, uh, you know, here in New York, they, I don't want you here. And I'm sure that there's plenty of teams but out there.
3: Or,
0: and, uh,
3: uh, go ahead. No, well, let me ask you this, because I think we've been down this road before, not just him. What, what does it say to the development of the Rock, the Nick Gabaka organization? Look at R.J. Barrett. dom has been quite adamant and accurately adamant on his lack of development despite being a 20-point scorer because there's nothing else to his game except driving left. Let's look at um, – we could give quickly to his due because the minutes went up. Sometimes, guys, if you get more minutes, more time, and get more comfortability, you produce better, and that's just quickly a situation. But look at all the other guys, uh, whether it could be Cam Reddus, Kevin Knox, uh, uh, guys, um, uh, you know – other guys that are, that are home drafted, that, because it seems like the free agents are saving our, our ass. It's the Julius Randles, it's the, it's the Jalen Brunson's, it's the Josh Hart's that's kind of – to this roster this year. Where is the development of the guys we drafted? It's the Robsons, it's the Barrett's. it's the, uh, you know, I kind of give Grimes a little bit of a pass. You know, he's kind of picked it up a little bit. You know, I, I'm off him a, a little bit. But what are your thoughts as far as development beyond Robinson? Is the guys we drafted, you know, home draft? Well, where's where's the the
0: the vast improvement basically from
3: the home drafted guys?
0: Well, and I think that's what Well, that's is. the thing. I, I I I've never believed. I've never believed over the last twenty years that the New York Knicks have what what you would consider to be player development. I don't believe that they ever had it. I don't believe that you know that they can develop it. Not under the conditions that that that, that number one that the Knicks fans and Knicks media. <coughs> Who was the last guy? Was it Ewing? Maybe. Let me, I'm trying to think. Who was the last time we drafted and we
3: saw
2: a, 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 a
3: rise in this game? He was a number one overall draft pick. Dom or G or F. Where's the last nigga player you could say in the last post Willis Reed era <laughs> that you could? I honestly say when he drafted this guy, we said vast improvement in this game. I can't think of anybody outside of Ewing right now. Everybody else been a free agent. Melo, Marbury, Estemeyer. Uh, I, I can't
0: think of one. You guys got but, any names? Steve, Maybe, I, I'm, trying
3: to, I, but,
0: I, I'm trying to think David Steve, Lee uh, or, we, or Channing Fry or somebody. No, no, no. No.
2: But, guys, guys can't we look at it to, to the point of who we drafted? I, I think all the guys that Steve is mentioning, first of all, I don't think they should have been drafted where they were drafted. So that adds extra added pressure to the player, the organization, to develop this kid into – Something he's probably not. I, I'm not giving the organization a straight-up alibi, guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking at who we drafted, where we drafted them, and you know, sometimes, guys, you really got to put the onus on the player too. I mean, again, Steve, you bring up a great point. You started this argument with Mitchell Robinson. I think the Knicks have gave him enough rope to hang half a Madison Square Garden. So where is his individual development? Remember the videos? Shooting threes, bulking up, ah, doing Earl Monroe moves. Gets in the game, he's Mitchell Robinson. You know, sometimes you got to put some of the onus on the individual too, guys. What do you want? How are you, you, you developing go. your game?
3: Dom, you know what it reminds me of? You ever watch Looney Tunes growing up? The cartoons where the frog is dancing and he's behind the scenes just dancing and, and putting it on the show, but they get in public, he's just like, "Hello,
0: Riddish. my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my yeah." yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's Mitchell Robinson. That is him. And again, guys, we're looking at recently. Kevin Knox, Cam Reddish has had. Um, Ample opportunities on two different teams. Don't ask me what's going on with this kid. I don't know and I don't care anymore. But I keep looking at who we drafted, where we drafted them. R.J. Barrett was not a number three draft pick. Obi Toppin was not a number eight draft pick. We're stuck with that number. That's another one. That's what makes it so glaring. I'm sorry.
3: No, I that, that was just saying, that's the other one on this roster I was trying to think of. That's yeah. The fact that I forgot It's like, that's bad. He's a top 10
2: draft pick. Like, bad, yo.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. but he shouldn't
2: have been, yeah. He shouldn't have been. Yeah. I think his brother's better than him. Yeah,
1: they're, they're playing cares, Kentucky. Um, he just got, like, you know, leaping ability. His footwork is, yeah. he don't got no footwork. He's like Mitch is a smaller version besides that he can hit a three once in a while. But the fact that, man, for, for whatever reason, you got videos and you were taking jump shots, i never seen that one of those in, in, in the three years that you've been here or whatever. I, I don't get it. Take the take the videos down. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see that. Steve, Steve, OB Topper. No I don't want to see that Come on, man! That shit is crazy. That Obi, man, that, he kills me because for uh, he got like that Sean Marion form, uh, but at least Sean Marion he used to drop him. This this dude, oh man, it kills yeah. me. I, I, yo, you don't know, i but like, yo, just just drive, drive to the basket, draw a foul. I, I rather. I'd rather see you shoot a free throw than a three point yeah. How about he
0: try to? How he actually like hit his free throws more consistently? And then I can believe him that he has even developed any kind of an offensive game. Because for all I know, the, you know those video clips of him shooting threes and you know and stuff. Who knows how many shots he actually took that day, and how much editing required it? Because <laughs> exactly. I can make it. Because gee, tomorrow you and me, yeah. we can go meet up. With, we can, we can go meet up at the rucker right now, and I can freaking film you taking three hundred threes, and I make it, and I'll make you look like you went twenty for twenty.
1: That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just edit it. Yeah, I mean, just sit. That's, that's the that's the good thing about editing videos and. Things nowadays, but, man. But that, but, but that's, like, the, that's the problem,
2: with... Steve. I think that's the biggest problem when we talk about development. You know, look at who we're trying to develop. Come on, guys. Not, not. To, it's no knock. Nah. When, when we got R.J. Barrett, I thought he was a poor man's Jalen Rose. When we got Ob Toppin, I thought he was eh, eh, close to a uh, Kenny Walker. That, that's how I looked at them because of the game they played. And you know what? <laughs> three, four years later, they are who they are. I don't want to hear your age no more. I don't want to hear RJ Barrett's only 22. Even in the league, four years, you can't go right. You can't hit bunnies. Obi Toppin standing in the corner like a like a streetlight with all that athleticism. He looks like a street pole out there. Can't hit a three, but you know what? He'll keep chucking them up. I think it's the individual a lot, Steve. I hate to give the team an alibi, but hey, they're
0: not that good. <laughs> but then you got, then you got, you know, the um, their their uh, the little cult like followings like Cam British had, for, you know, for so many years, and, and then and then they go on Twitter asking begging for Tom Thibodeau's head on a silver platter because they're not playing their boy the way they want him to be played. I don't
2: get Mm, it. mm, mm. No.
0: Well, um, it's about that time to to, to start wrapping up because, you know, the game is about to start. So let's go around for final thoughts. Steve, we'll start off with you. Your final thoughts, sir. Yeah, good episode, Don.
3: Great uh, history on the Willis Reed. Uh, appreciate you breaking it down for us, for the younger generation. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Next week, we have our bye week. And go Knicks and go go Blue. And last thoughts, uh, Av and Don and G, you already know what I'm about to say, uh, Otani is probably the best baseball player I've ever seen on TV. I can't wait to see him in person.
0: Wee Blue. Oh, oh Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so, so Steve's talking about that, you know, that, you know, that Japan um, rec- reclaiming the WBC crown, their third one in, in out of the last five. But, um, ooh, that was a tough one.
3: I'm sorry, right, man. You, you 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 hit a you hit a a gap and double to start your rally to beat Mexico. He hit a double. The Stancho Rally at the, at, in the ninth against Mexico, in the next game, he was Mariano Rivera on the mound throwing one-on-one and striking out one of the base, best baseball players, back-to-back MVPs in Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. How can you not say he's the best
0: player in the That's world? That's true. That, you know what? That's true. I, I, I mean, they're comparing him to Babe Ruth. So so, so that's, that's, that's it is what it is. I doubt Dom, your final you know, thoughts,
3: that, sir. That's, that's another thing about him. He runs like, what, a 4'6? Babe Ruth ain't running. Come on. Babe Ruth's not running fast like Shea Otani. No.
0: Athletically, no. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Dom, your final thoughts, sir.
2: Damn, Dan, Dan Otani and Steve. This should be a wake-up call to us American baseball players, get these pitches in the game. I said this when the WBC started. Where's our stud pitches? They all want to take a break. Oh, I might get hurt. But you got this guy that Steve's talking about throwing 100 miles an hour, hitting doubles, running like like Mickey Rivers. And our, our quality pitchers are sitting at home watching this shit. No. It's time you get your act together. Let's bring the crown back. I don't want to hear about Otani. I don't want to hear that. We need
0: our out
2: there. You don't like a like, like them. <laughs> hey, like like but he, I like, I like them. Steve, don't get me wrong, but it's just the point I'm driving home is the same way he put his cleats on and he got yeah. out there for his country. Where was all our pitches at?
3: Adam, um, they, they took a twenty-hour flight and beat Mexico and USA on their own yeah. curve. That, that's yeah.
2: it. That's all I need to see. Yeah, but again, yeah, that's, where was that's, our that's pitch, impressive. Steve? it we we, hey, I,
0: I, I, was our pitches. I, I, I'm, I'm all for pick. the WBC. I'm seriously, oh, I'm it. all for the WBC making it being a mandatory thing, making it making it something where the you know where I'm sorry. If you put the, the the best best American players, the best Dominican, the best Puerto Rican players on all these teams, it would. be, it, it, it would it would far surpass whatever the All Star Game is already freaking providing for us, and I think it would it, it, it would speak. And Absolutely. I mean, I think Francisco endorse Francisco endorsed said best. Um, this situation, you said, despite the fact that we're all professionals and we all, and we're all we all play for our, for our MLB franchises, this is special to them. So if it's special to them, on, you know, on the international side. That here domestically in the United States, it should be more importantly. So, so the next WBC, I want to see an all-star lineup for that, you, you know, for that United States um, team. Just because, well, you won the title, you lost the title game. Now you got to go get it back because Japan's talking shit. All right, <laughs> G, your final thoughts,
1: sir. Yeah. Oh, man, um, as far as what Steve said about Tanya, I mean, I won't argue that. Um, as far as the Knicks, man, let's go Knicks. Let's get this win tonight. Let's win this series. And i at you on the next show, man. Thank
0: you very much. Um, my final thoughts is, is that if- – I really believe it, um, I really strongly believe in that WBC um, statement. But um, let's go next tonight. You know, they got the heat. Um, Tip-off is in about a few minutes. And um, a little secret that I'm going to let out the bag right here. Uh, folks, the reason why we are going on hiatus is because, Steve, I'm sorry to tell you, but somebody's got a birthday. Yes, don't think I forgot about your birthday, fool. Monday. Happy birthday. I hope you enjoy my brother. I love you. Many more blessings to come. And um until then, Nicka I have on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Signing out. Bleed blue all day every day. About a finger to the rest, we go for the It's
2: like a finger to the rest, we go for the neck. It's like a finger to the rest, we go for the neck. It's like can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
3: Blee
1: <laughs> bloop, blee bloop, blee bloop, blee bloop, blee bloop, blee bloop, blee.